as uh, we do so, I need to pray. God, this morning, we just declare that you are holy, that you are good. God, we thank you for so much today. We thank you for the life that you give us. We thank you for this church family that we get to be a part of. Over and above all else today, God, we thank you for your rescuing, your forgiving, and your redeeming grace that is offered to us in the person and through the work of Jesus. We thank you for your word, your life-giving and your life-changing word. Now, by the power of your Holy Spirit, I pray that you would open our hearts and minds to receive its message. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, this morning we we are uh, continuing on in a series uh, from Immerse, uh, which is a a Bible reading experience that our congregation has been going through uh, this winter. Immerse is a very unique way for us to engage God's Word. Uh, We're reading big, meaning we're we're learning to, to see the larger narrative of God's story in, in a, a large portion of the scripture and how it ties to other portions of the scripture. We're reading uh, real, meaning we are asking those very honest and maybe sometimes difficult questions about texts that we don't understand or that we are struggling with. And we're reading together. That is, we are uh, gathering together in guided conversations around what we are reading in small group Bible studies. And so we've been engaged in Immerse uh, this winter. In fact, uh, Immerse is broken into six volumes. We're in the third of six volumes. And this volume of Immerse is entitled Kingdoms. And Kingdoms uh, is presenting the story of Israel uh, from its conquest of Canaan that's recorded for us in the book of Joshua and then through its struggle to settle the land, the promised land in the books of Judges and Ruth, to the establishment of Israel's kingdom, uh, which ends in forced exile that we read in Samuel Kings. And so we read about this nation of Israel that's really commissioned by God to be God's light to the other nations falling into division, and then into foreign conquest for rejecting God's rule in their hearts and in their lives. This is immersed kingdoms, what we've been engaged in as a community of faith this winter. Uh, as we enter into what's the, the week six reading plan of Immerse, uh, we read that uh, we, we understand that King David has passed away and his son Solomon. Uh, takes the throne and and is poised to really usher Israel into a time of of great prosperity. Uh, it's a season that that's absent of military conflict. And Solomon, during this time, oversees the construction of a an absolutely magnificent, beautiful temple in Jerusalem. Uh, We read about leaders, emissaries from around the world uh, coming to to meet with Solomon and glean some of his famous wisdom. But over time, as we read on in week six, circumstances 
begin to turn. Solomon forces the Israelites into servitude. He conscripts and requires military service. Uh, Solomon amasses unimaginable wealth for himself. He builds an extravagant palace that really rivals, maybe some would argue, surpasses that of the temple. And he flaunts his riches. Thousands of horses and chariots. Sitting on, quite literally, a golden throne, sipping from, quite literally, golden goblets. Solomon also demonstrates an insatiable appetite for women. 1,000 wives and concubines. Many from the nations that are surrounding Israel. And with these women come their gods. And soon Solomon is overseeing the construction of pagan shrines within eyesight of the temple. In response to this tragic turn of events, God declares that the kingdom will be divided and there's a civil war that ensues. The kingdom divided into the north and to the south, Israel and Judah. And this unrest sets up for us a major showdown that will occur in immerse kingdoms week seven between the very evil King Ahab, his wife Jeze, Jezebel, and one of Israel's most famous prophets, Elijah. That's next week. Solomon is well known for his wisdom and wealth, considered by many to be rich in both. Now, we're here in week six and today of kingdoms, and today I just want to shoot straight with you, be honest. I'm pivoting a little today from our immersed kingdom study. I want us to keep Solomon's uh, wisdom and wealth, his riches, as a, as a firm backdrop. And I want us to focus our attention this morning on what it means for us to be rich in what matters most. So allow me to open up with a very uncomfortable question. I, I know that probably sounds fun this morning. Uh, by show of hands, how many of us would say, we are rich, right? We'll just keep the offering basket right there a little bit. To the, just, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, it's interesting. I mean, um, it's difficult to answer that question, you know, when I ask, are we rich? Because uh, maybe we're a little uncomfortable with that kind of question. You're kind of prying into my stuff here. Um, at a practical level, we don't really seem to know where the, the rich line is. For example, uh, we're not going to get paid on the first of the month and go, yes, I crossed that rich line. Yesterday I wasn't rich, but today I'm rich. So glad I crossed the rich line. Uh, once we ever feel like we've crossed the rich line, it t tends to move for us. It, it moves. We just crossed it, but then it moves ahead of us again. 
And so today I've been praying that by God's grace alone in Christ, through the Holy Spirit and the inspiration of God's Word, that, that, that we would truly realize and internalize and recognize that we have indeed uh, crossed the rich line. We are rich in many ways. And because God has gifted us in this way, we will be rich in what matters most. And so with the riches of Solomon as a backdrop, again, I'm pivoting a little bit today from our Immerse Kingdoms study, and I'm going to turn to the New Testament this morning. Hope I don't get in trouble for this. Uh, 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 17 to 19. These are the framing verses for the message today. And it's here where Paul is instructing his disciple Timothy to help those who are wealthy uh, become rich in what matters most. And so you can follow along on the screen as I read today. 1 Timothy 6, beginning in verse 17. Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command those who are rich in this present world. And so if we are uh, rich in this present world, this applies directly to us. And I'll talk more about that. He continues on and, and writes, don't be, be arrogant. That is, don't take all the credit. You know, we may have worked very hard and, 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 and um, lived beneath our means and invested well, but ultimately we must realize that all that we have, it is a gift from God. Our time, uh, talent, treasure, it's not ours, it's a gift from God. Heart, mind, and soul, physical body, it's all a gift from God. Relationships, material possessions, circumstances, it's all a gift from God. It all comes from God. And Paul continues writing here, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uh, uncertain. Wealth is so fleeting. It's so temporary. But to put their hope in God, who richly provides everything for our enjoyment. Uh, the promise of the Christian faith is, is in a future and eternal hope in God that comes through our faith in Jesus. And it means that because we have this future hope, we also have uh, present hope and present trust in God's provision here and now. If God has secured our future, so too our present is secure. Paul continues on, command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves 
as a firm foundation for the coming age so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. In in other words, Timothy, help them to be rich in what matters most. To, To do good. To be rich in good deeds. And my prayer has been that by God's Holy Spirit today, every single one of us will be uh, spurred and prompted with a good deed to do. To be generous and willing to share. May God's Holy Spirit give every single one of us specific ways in which we can be generous and be willing to share opportunities for that. In this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age. This is that future, eternal hope in God through faith in the person and the work of Jesus so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life, that is a rich life here and now as well as an eternal life with God in a new heaven and a new earth. Are we rich? Christians, most certainly, spiritually speaking, are rich. Have we crossed the rich line, financially speaking? Well, let me share a little bit this morning. Uh, According to a recent Gallup poll, different people were earning different wages were asked the question, How much would you need to earn in order to be rich? Those who made $30,000 a year indicated, well, if I made around $74,000 a year, uh, then I would be rich. Gallup then asked those making $50,000 a year, how much would you need to earn in order to feel rich? And those making $50,000 a year said, on average, if I made $100,000 a year, six figures, then I would feel rich. Gallup then pulled the top income earners. Those who make over $200,000 a year, how much would you need to be rich? And the average response of those polled came back, $5 million. Well, of course, $5 million would be rich, and yet the person making the paltry $2.5 million would still say, I need more to be rich. The rich line, it continues to move. And the challenge is that if we do not believe we are rich, we will continue striving and striving after it, and we'll never cross the rich line, even when we, uh, and, and not even realize it. And therefore, we will not be rich in what matters most. And so, again, with Solomon as a backdrop, our text here in Timothy, all this in mind, I, I have some good news and bad news to share with you this morning. And we'll start with the good news. The good news uh, we are rich. We, we, we are rich. And, and, and please understand me. Certainly, uh, our country and government are imperfect. Can I hear an amen? amen. Right? Well, we all know that. 
injustices continue to occur in our country and must continue to be addressed. That said, this morning, compared to overall standards around the world, I would say we have rich opportunity. We have rich opportunity. We have a relative safety and security. We have relatively solid infrastructure. We have roads that, for the most part, are drivable. We have access to utilities like power, potable water to drink, sewer systems. There is the availability of food to eat. Emergency shelter, clothing, educational opportunity, employment opportunity, basic medical care or medical care if we really need it in an emergency, medicine, internet access, mobile phones, and on and on it goes. Compared uh, to the entirety of the world around the globe, overall world standards, we have rich opportunity. And when we realize this is a gift from God, we are changed. This is a, a gift and a blessing given to us from God. And when we, when we recognize this, we are changed. Uh, Solomon, as, as flawed of a human that he was, possessed wisdom, and, and I share some of it this morning. This is from Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verse 19. Moreover, when God gives someone wealth and possessions and the ability to enjoy them, to accept their lot and be happy in their toil, in their work, this is a gift of God. The good news, we are rich. We have rich opportunity. This is a gift from God. Now, I know right now there may be some pushing back in their minds. They're saying, well, you may be rich, but I am not Pastor Fancy Pants. <laughs> I'll share a couple other statistics this morning. If and, and let me continue here, but if, if we earn $33,000 a year, we are in the top 1% of wage earners in the world. We are one percenters if we make $33,000 a year. If we earn $80,000 a year, we are in the top one-tenth of one percenters in the world. That said, I know this morning there are those among us with financial and material challenges. Uh, we, maybe we have a growing pile of unpaid medical bills in front of us. Perhaps unemployment or underemployment. Uh, perhaps we have a disability. We're unable to work. About half the world's population, some 3 billion people, uh, live in what are called developing countries. And, and 
If you were to ask, in general, someone living in a developing country to describe a, a rich person, they would say, uh, the rich are those who drive their own car, who own a car. And so if, if you arrived here at church this morning in an automobile, you are in the top 3% of wealthiest people on the face of the earth. People in developing countries might say, uh, some people are so rich they have an extra car. They have two cars. They might continue to say they, they actually have houses for their cars to live in. They can drive their car into a house and keep it safe. In fact, some people have three houses or garages in their, in their homes, uh, one for each of their two cars and an extra one for all the stuff that doesn't fit in their house to go. That's how rich some people are. They're, they're so rich they could get into one of those cars and they could drive past 10 different buildings called restaurants and go to the 11th one because that's their favorite. And they'd get three meals there. They'd get one meal called an appetizer and another meal called a main course and a third called a dessert. And then they'd be able to drive back to their home and they'd be able to walk into their closet full of clothes and touch them and walk by them. And they're so rich they could they could do that and say, I have absolutely nothing to wear. <laughs> and all I'm trying to say this morning is that we're doing all right here. We're, we're doing okay. Long ago, I was asked by one of my children, are we rich? And, and based on the content of God's word, I had to answer, yes, yes, son, we are. He said, that's what I thought, dad. And as he ran off, I said, but wait, don't tell anyone. <laughs> Why am I embarrassed about that? Why do I maybe feel shame about being rich? It's odd when you really start to think about it. I mean, if we consider that our riches, they come to us from God. It's a gift, a blessing from God. What other blessing or gift from God do I try to apologize about or hide or am embarrassed about? If, if, if someone were to approach me and, and say, uh, if, if God has blessed me with a with a God-honoring and a Christ-centered marriage, and God has given this gift to me, and someone acknowledges this, I don't apologize or pretend like I don't have it or I'm embarrassed about it. I'd say, thank you. And more importantly, thank you, God. The good news, we are rich. And now the bad news, we are rich. The good news, we are rich. And the bad news, we are rich. In the New Testament, we read about a man who ran up to Jesus and who fell on his knees. Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus answered, you know the commandments. And he replied, I have kept them all since I was a boy. Jesus looked at him and loved him. I love that phrase. Jesus looked at him and loved him. One thing you lack Go sell everything you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. 
And scripture reads, at this the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. And we pick up the text in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 10, verses 23 and 24. Jesus looked around and said to the disciples how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were amazed at his words, but Jesus said again, children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. The the bad and the challenging news is that we are rich. There are some challenges that come along with being rich. I'll name some of them this morning. It is more difficult for us to depend on God. It's more difficult for us to depend on God. And, and over years and years of, of pastoral ministry, I'm, I'm reflecting as I think about this on time banked with uh, with the poor in Mexico, uh, with Pakistani immigrants, with the Burmese in Myanmar, all sisters and brothers in Christ. I want to let you know this morning, church, that there is this deep, abiding, palatable dependence upon God. And it's coupled with a deep, abiding, palatable peace of God that's evident in and through their lives completely dependent upon God because there is no one else. There is nothing else. And I'll be really honest with you, there have been moments where I have fallen from grace and I covet this dependence and peace that they possess. Because in these moments, I realize I've been hoodwinked. I've bought into the hook, line, and sinker, into this lie that peace is found in dependence on material possessions and wealth and riches rather than dependence upon God and God alone. One challenge of being rich, it is more difficult for us to depend on God. Another challenge, we're distracted from our true priorities. If we're followers of Jesus, worship and fellowship and service through the body of Christ, the church, and and engaging in that ongoing kingdom of God work that God is calling us to in this community, in our region and around the world, those are our true priorities. But we have so many rich opportunities and activities and hobbies, and you can fill in the blank, and we, we all become so easily distracted. Another challenge of being rich is this. We have great responsibility. This is a challenge to be faithful and wise stewards of all that God has gifted us with. And and we see this broad principle in Jesus' words recorded for us in the gospel accounts. And this principle teaches us that from everyone who has been given much, much will be demanded. And from the one Uh, who has been entrusted with much, much more will be asked. We have great responsibility 
to be faithful, wise stewards of all that God has gifted us with. Paul's admonition to Timothy once again, 1 Timothy 6, 17-19. Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. Church, we are rich. And so let's continue to be rich in what matters most. Let's continue to put our hope in God and in God alone. Let's continue to be good and to do good and to be rich in good deeds and to be generous and willing to share. Church, I want to encourage us to to continue to care for the orphan, for the foster child, for the widower. Uh, Let's continue to care for those with special needs, for the elderly. Let's continue to care for those who are battling disease or addiction. Let's continue to voluntarily support single parents and their children through the ministry of Vine Maple Place. Let's continue to support Pakistani Christian refugees and immigrants. Let's continue on in our cross-cultural partnership in the gospel with Pastor Daniel and with the body of Christ known as Agape Myanmar Mission Church. And let's continue to develop this new and growing cross-racial partnership with Pastor Mike and Radiant Covenant Church. Let's continue to do what we can, church, to reform the criminal justice system. Let's continue to be rich in what matters most. Let's continue to, to lead with love and at the same time uphold the truth of Scripture around marriage and human sexuality. Let's, let's continue. Let's continue to, 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 to raise awareness. And as we look to the spring, raise awareness and funds for clean water through the World Vision Global 6K Run Walk event that you'll hear more about in the coming weeks. By God's grace, alone, in Christ, through the Holy Spirit, May we all leave our worship gathering this morning knowing specifically how we are to be rich in what matters most. Amen. Let's pray. God, we thank you for what we are learning in this Immerse study. And and with Solomon's wisdom and wealth as a backdrop, we, we press into into this teaching today. And I pray that by the power of your Holy Spirit, you would bring specific application into each of our lives.
God, we continue on in worship of you now, returning an offering. And again, with this act of worship, we are declaring all that we have and are. It's all a gift from you. So we return a portion back to you now. We pray that you would take these gifts, that you would use them. Your kingdom continue to come. Your will continue to be done here on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen.